me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I've actually got three scriptures that I'm going to open up reading this morning, which, which don't worry, it's not going to be too much. We'll be all right. 2 Corinthians 9. Verses 6 through 10. And it might be a good idea if I turn there too. 2 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 6, Paul writes, The point is this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. So just like worship is a heart issue, giving is, is a heart issue. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, so not under obligation. Nothing in our relationship with the Lord is based on obligation. He wants us to, to freely serve him. So not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. I don't know about you, but it sounds like God has it covered. All things at all times, every good work. As it is written, now this is speaking of a, of a righteous person, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. In verse 10, he who supplies seed to the sower, so now it's talking about God, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now turn with me to James 5 and verse 7. I'm going to read it if you don't get there quick enough. It'll be on the screen. James 5 and verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. And then this is really what I want to focus on. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. And now for our third passage. This is the most I've ever read for one, for one sermon. Second Peter Chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. This is just a bonus scripture for us. Verse 8 says, Do not overlook this one fact, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. In other words, God's timing might not always look like our timing. So we're talking about sowing and reaping in 2 Corinthians. James, James is talking about farming about being steadfast, being faithful, being patient, waiting on the Lord. And Peter says that one day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. But verse 9, and this is where we're going to end, I promise. I'm not going to jump around anymore on you. Verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards us. So he's not... He's not slow like sometimes it feels like in the natural, but it says he's, he's patient towards us. We're done reading. We're going to get to the preaching part now. 
Now, I know that I'm not saying anything that, that, you, don't, that you don't already know by saying that we live in a world that is very fast-paced. For better or worse, due to technological advancements, everything from communication to travel to the way that we eat, everything is fast-paced, everything's fast, everything's easy, and everything is convenient. What used to take days to get somewhere now takes hours or takes minutes. And if you don't want to travel to see somebody, then you have FaceTime. And if you don't want to FaceTime and take the time to talk, then you can send a message and everything's instantaneous. If you don't want to cook, there's a drive-through. If if you don't want to get out of the house, you have a microwave. Everything is fast-paced. Everything is easy. Everything is convenient. This is just the culture, the world, the context in which we live. And as Americans, we like things. We're accustomed to things being fast, easy, and convenient. The problem is this is not always how God works. Not everything in our spirituality, not everything in our walk with God, and not everything in the kingdom of God is instantaneous. We like it to be. We like it things to happen fast and right when we want it and right how we want it. But the problem is that's not always how, how God works. Not everything is, is instantaneous. And that's not to say that, that God can't do something in a moment or that he won't do something in a moment because we know that, that he does. We were talking about the blood and singing about the blood that cleanses us. We have seen in this church, and I'm assuming the majority of the people in here have experienced, there was a moment where you were dead in sin. You were spiritually dead. And then in a moment and in an instance, when you, when, in an instant when you come to the faith, and the revelation and the understanding of who Jesus is. And when we call on that name, there's something that happens where he touches us and he fills us with his spirit. And you go from one moment being dead in sin to the next being alive and a new creature in Christ Jesus. It can happen. It can happen in a moment. It can happen in an instant. So I'm not saying that God can't do it. God can do miracles in a moment and in an instant. We have seen in this church people get healed to where one moment they have a sickness or an illness or, or, or a disease and then God touches their body and then they're healed and then they're cured and then they're delivered and God can do it in a moment. And we like and we get excited, obviously, and we should, rightfully so, but we get excited about when God does things fast and instantaneous. The problem is, is not everything happens like this. And I'm not trying to build you up and get you excited just to, just to crush you down, but, but not everything happens in a moment. Not everything happens in an instant. There are times where we have to grow into something. There are times where, where he wants us to mature into what he has next for us. There are some times that, that we have to learn something where we are now before he takes us to the next step. And as we learn to be faithful here and as we, as we learn to be obedient here, then he gives us more. And as we're faithful in the little, it doesn't all happen at once. If he gave us everything at once, we, we, we might squander it. We might come crashing down. So it's not that God withholds good things from us. I think sometimes we get impatient. We think that, that God's withholding something good. It's not that he withholds good things from us. It's that in his goodness, he hasn't given it to us yet. 
It's that in his goodness, maybe we're not ready for it, or maybe maybe it's not the right season, or maybe it's not the right time, and, and I don't always understand it, but, but I can tell you that God does. But for us, we, we like things fast, we like things easy, we like things convenient and instantaneous, and God does not always work this way. And when we get used to things happening like this, and then when it doesn't happen when we want it to, we get frustrated, we get impatient, we might even get confused, might even wonder where God is at or what God is doing or, 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 what's, or what's taking so long. But the reality is that God's timing is not always our preferred timing. God doesn't always do things exactly when we want him to. He does things when, when he's good and ready to. When the time is, is good and ready. And I don't always understand it. I'm not going to get up here and, and pretend that I do. All I know is that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. As far as the heavens are above the earth. And I don't know the exact calculation on that, but I'm pretty sure that's quite a ways. And three people got it. That the heavens are above the earth. Come on, guys. His way, what I'm trying to say is his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We don't always understand it, but we don't always have to understand it. We don't always have to understand his timing. We just have to trust in his timing and know that his timing is perfect. And even though in the natural, we may not understand it because like Peter said, one day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. We, we don't always understand it or comprehend it, but we can trust it. Because we, can, because we can trust him. Because Peter went on to say that the Lord is not slow as some think he is slow. Literally, that's saying that he does not delay. That his promises are not delayed. So when it doesn't happen, like, like when we want it to, we think that there's, that there's been a delay. Or that something's happened. Or maybe even that, that we've done something wrong. Or, or God's, not, God's not doing his part. But, but God is perfect in his his timing. And he's, he's patient towards us. He doesn't rush things with us. He does things when we're ready and open and ready to receive what he has for us. He's patient with us because he's doing a work in us. He's patient with us because he's not, because he's not done with us. So he's not delaying his promises and he's not slow to fulfill his promises. He's never late. God's never late. Time waits on no man, but in a way you could say time waits on God, the one who created it. God's never late. But, but he's never early either. We emphasize he's never late, but we, but we got to talk about he's never early. He, he doesn't, he's not premature in his blessing. He's not premature in his giving. He, he's always right on time. He knows exactly what we need right when we need it. And if we are ready to receive it, he is faithful to give it to us. He's always right on time. This is why the scripture says that at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
And, and it also says that at the fullness of time, God sent his son into the world at the right time, at the fullness of time. God is specific in his timing. God is good with his timing. He's perfect in his timing. He was perfect in his incarnation at the right time. At the fullness of time, God sent his son into the world. He was perfect in his crucifixion. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He was perfect in the timing of his resurrection. Three days later, he rose from the dead and fulfilled thousands of years of prophecy at the right time, at the appointed time, at the perfect time. He's, he's perfect in his timing. His timing is perfect in our salvation. His timing is perfect in our redemption. His timing is perfect in our healing. His timing is just perfect. He knows what he is doing. And because he's perfect in his timing, we can trust his timing. We can have the faith and the confidence and the assurance and the peace to know that he will fulfill his promises. We can have the faith and the confidence and the assurance and the peace to wait on the Lord, to trust his timing. Because we talk about things like sowing and reaping, and we just think that it's instantaneous. That we sow something, and so immediately we're supposed to reap. We do something so immediately we're supposed to receive a blessing, but, but it takes time for something to grow. It takes time for something to mature. And sure, God can speed up the process, but we can trust his, we can trust his timing. It takes time for, for something to grow. It takes time for you to grow. It takes time for you to mature. Sometimes it takes time after time after time of, of doing something in order to learn why God said to do it the way he said to do it. And aren't you glad that he doesn't give up on us because it takes us time, time after time after time. So why would we give up on him when, he doesn't, when it doesn't happen exactly when we, when we think it should? When he doesn't give up on us, he's, he's patient with us. And he's perfect in his timing, so we can, we can trust his timing. We can trust his goodness. This is why James says, see how the farmer waits on the precious fruit of the earth. The farmer waits. James says, be patient like the farmer. But we don't like to talk about patience. But I think some of us need reminded that patience is a fruit of the Spirit, Patience is a sign of maturity. Being able to wait on the Lord, it's not the same as being lazy. So when I say patience, in fact, the word for patience there in James, it actually means to persevere. So being patient and waiting on the Lord isn't being lazy. We can still be proactive in prayer and proactive and being faithful where we are while at the same time waiting on the Lord and trusting in his timing. Waiting on the Lord is not being lazy. It's not, it's not, it's not the lack of, it's not a lack of faith. It's not doubting that God will, will do what he said he will do. Waiting on the Lord is actually a sign of faith. It's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of 
strength. It's a sign of endurance, being able to be faithful and steadfast, knowing that God will do what he said he will do, knowing that God will use you in the way that he called you, knowing that he will give you what he promised you, waiting on the Lord. It's not being lazy or apathetic like some people treat it. If you're doing that, that's not waiting on the Lord. That's not what James is talking about. James is talking about being steadfast. Like how the farmer, when he plants something, when he sows something, he doesn't give up just because it takes a while for the crop to come. Just because it takes a while for the harvest to come. He's steadfast. And he waits and he trusts the Lord for the precious fruit of the earth, for the precious harvest. He waits on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is about being faithful and steadfast, knowing that he'll bring the harvest. So we talk about intensity, having an intense faith, and we, and we, we like talking about intensity, but, but we also have to have a consistency. We go through spurts of having intense faith and then, and then, and then when it doesn't happen in the right timing, we, we, we wane off. We, we have to be faithful. We have to have some consistency. You, you, you can't just have the faith, the faith to get you somewhere. You have to have the faithfulness that will keep you there. We're called to be faithful. We're called to be steadfast. We're called to be established in our faith, rooted in our faith, planted in our faith. Because if you're not faithful, if you're not steadfast, if you're not planted, if you're not planted, there's no fruit. If you're not planted, there's no growth. If you're not planted, there's no harvest. It's about being planted, being consistent, being faithful, being patient with him because he's patient and he is faithful with us. It's, it's our faithfulness that leads to fruitfulness. We expect everything to happen in an instant. We think sowing and reaping, it's instantaneous. And when it doesn't happen just like that, then we want to give up because we get impatient. But it's our, it's our faithfulness that leads to fruitfulness. This is why... Psalm 1 says that the righteous person is like a tree that is planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. It can yield its fruit because it's planted, because it's, it's faithful where it is. It's steadfast where it is right now, and because it's faithful and because it's planted, it can yield its fruit in its season at the right timing. Even creation obeys God and does what God tells it to do and trusts his timing. The tree is faithful and rooted and planted. And because of that, in its right time, it yields fruit. If we can be faithful and planted and steadfast where we are, be faithful where we are, then we can trust that God will bring the harvest at the right time. If we can do our part, if we can be faithful with what he's called us to do, we can trust him to do what, what only he can do. Our problem is, 
is we start trying to do God's job for him while neglecting to do what we are called to do, what we can handle, what, what, what we can do. We, we, try, we try telling God how, how and when he should do things or how and when he should bless us when we're just called to be faithful right now. And then in his timing, the blessing comes. In his timing, the right blessing comes. The right harvest comes. I think sometimes in our impatience or in our hurry, we'll, we'll, we'll settle for something less than what he's promised us. But because we don't have the patience or the steadfast or the faithfulness to keep doing what we're called In God's timing. Sowing and reaping, is, is, it's more about being faithful than it is anything else. More about being faithful. We're called to be faithful. We're not, we're not called to do God's job for him. We're called to do what we can do. And then he, can, he will do what only he can do. We just have to be faithful. So sowing and reaping is more about being faithful with what God has given us than it is a formula to get something from God. But when we talk about sowing and reaping, we preach about it, we believe, we think about it, we talk about it like it's a formula where if I just give the least amount of myself, if I just give the least amount of my finances that I can give to still reap a blessing, we treat it like it's a formula when what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 9 and what James is talking about in James 5 is being faithful. It's not about some, it's not just about a formula to get blessed. Sowing and reaping is about being faithful with what he has given us. If we can be faithful with where we are and if we can be faithful with what he has given us, then he's faithful to bless it and to multiply it and to increase it in ways that, that we can't even imagine or think or dream up if we can just be, if we can just be faithful with what we have. But isn't it funny how a lot of times we spend more time talking about what we don't have than what we do have, or we spend more time and energy thinking about where where we aren't rather than where we are, but if we can be faithful with where we are, if we can be faithful with what he's already given us. I'm not saying that we can't ask him for things that we need or even that we want. I'm saying don't neglect what he's already given you. Because if you can be faithful with what he's already given you, then, then Paul says he will give seed to the sower. Jesus said, if you're faithful in the little, then you can be faithful with much. But, it, but if someone's not faithful in the little, then why would he expect or, or think that we would be faithful in the more? But we get busy asking for something new, asking for a new 
word, a new anointing, a new blessing, a new, a new position when we're not even being faithful with where we are. But it's when we're faithful where we are that he can bless us with more. And he can use us in more. And he can trust us in more. Sowing and reaping is about being faithful with what you have. Because you can't sow what you don't have. So even if it's, even if it's just a little, we're bad of saying, if, if I had this, if I had this anointing, if, I, if we had these instruments, if we had, if we had this preacher, somebody other than me, if we, if, if, we had, if we had something better, then God could really do something. But God can use what you have right now if you will give it to him. If you will be faithful to him, he can't use what you won't give him. And he can't bless what you won't give him. So it's when what we surrender to him, it's what we give to him. That's what sowing is about. It's not just some investment so we can get financially rich. It's sowing and giving him what he's already given us so that he can bless it and multiply it and use us in ways that we don't even realize right now. Even if it's in the little things. If we can... Just be faithful, we already know that he will be faithful. If we can be faithful, we already know what the word says, that he will make all grace abound to us so that we will have all sufficiency in all things at all times. I think it's pretty safe to say God knows what he's doing. I think it's pretty safe to say God knows how to take care of his people. He knows how to bless his people. He knows how to use his people. God knows how to bring about harvest. God knows how to bring about a blessing if we can, if we can just be faithful. So we have every reason to be faithful to him because he's always faithful to us. He's always faithful. He's faithful through the ages through every generation. He's faithful in every moment. He's faithful in every season. He's faithful in every, every church service that we get together. He's faithful. He never changes. So we, so we can have the confidence to trust him. We can have the faith to, to be faithful and to be steadfast. And we can know that it is, it is worth serving. He, he it's worth serving. It's worth sowing. It's worth waiting. The harvest is worth it. The blessing is worth it. The, the reward is worth it. It's worth the labor. Our labor is not in vain, Scripture says. It's, it's, worth, it's worth even plowing for. Plowing. And you know what I mean when I say plowing? Like, like in life, some seasons, it seems like everything is, does come easy and everything does come fast. And it's almost as if God is, is expediting and accelerating everything. And, and, and he does that. But then there are some seasons where it, it just, it feels like you're plowing. Like in your prayer, you know what I mean? Am I the only one that feels like, in, like in your, in your prayer, 
it just feels like you're, you're plowing or you're struggling or you're not connecting with him like as easy as you think or as quickly as you think. And it's like you're plowing in your praise when you don't feel like it and when you know there is a reason to praise, but for some reason in your flesh you don't feel like it and it feels like you're plowing in your worship or in your giving or in your relationships and it feels like you're plowing. If it, if it, if it feels like you're plowing, I would say it's probably because you are. And it's not that, it's not that you're doing something wrong. I think sometimes when it gets difficult and we feel like this, our immediate reaction is, I, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not praying right. I'm not, I'm not worshiping right. Maybe if I just make a, a more distorted face when I'm praying, maybe then his presence would come. I'm, I'm, doing, something, I'm doing something wrong. When if, if you're living in utter sin and rebellion, then obviously things are not going to come easy to you. And not to get off... On a, on a rabbit trail, I have been informed that I, I'm becoming a little bit long-winded at times. But sometimes people will live in direct, in utter rebellion against God, and then they get upset when they start reaping what they've already sown. And so if you're living in utter sin and rebellion, don't expect God's favor to be on your life. Now, he's still good, and as soon as we turn back to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to bring us back into the fold. But maybe, maybe sometimes you're just reaping what you, what you sow. But that's not what I'm talking about when I say that you're plowing. Because sometimes you're not doing anything wrong, and it just feels like you're plowing. Or you're in a season in your life, and it just feels like you're, like you're plowing and, and, and don't be discouraged. If you're not living in sin and rebellion, don't, don't, don't be discouraged. It might just be where God has you right now. It might just be the season that he has you in. It might just be what he's teaching you right now. It might just be what God is wanting to do in you right now. Maybe he's, maybe he's breaking ground in your life. Maybe he's breaking up old, old patterns and old ways of doing things and, 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 and your old way of relating. Maybe he's wanting to do something new in you. Maybe, maybe he's wanting your life to get to the point where it's, it's like the, the, the soil that he can grow something in. Maybe, maybe you're plowing because he's trying to break you open so that you can receive something from him. Maybe your ground's gotten hard. And so he's breaking us open, he, he has a way of doing that. I want to call to your attention Hosea 10 and verse 12. That's your cue. There it is. I told him when I say, when I start talking about plowing, get ready. And when I say Hosea, put it up. You guys did it. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground. That means ground that's been unplowed and it's not producing because it's gotten hard and it's set too long. Break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. So if you feel like you're plowing, trust God's process. Trust God's timing. Trust God's goodness. Trust God's character. When you feel like you're plowing, it's not time to give up. 
If you feel like you're plowing, don't stop plowing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praising. Don't stop giving. Don't stop serving. Don't stop being faithful. It's time to seek him more. If you feel like you're plowing, it's time to to, to get with him more and, and, and learn what he is doing in your life and learn what he's doing in your family and what he's doing in this church. Maybe he's Maybe he's just breaking up fallow ground. But if we can just keep plowing, if we can just stay faithful, if we can just remain obedient in our sowing, sow for yourselves righteousness, and he will, he will bring the harvest. I want to have faith. Not to just say, I will see the purposes of God in my life. I want to have faith to remain faithful and to keep plowing until he does bring it to pass. Because there's power in our words, and so don't don't take this the wrong way, but you can pray and proclaim and prophesy something, but if you're not plowing, if you're not being faithful with where you are, there will be There won't be the harvest like God wants there to be the harvest, if I can just say it like that. I don't want to have faith to just say it. I want to have faith to to remain steadfast while I say it, while I am still testifying of God's goodness. I want to have faith to keep plowing because Paul said in 2 Corinthians that he will multiply the seed for sowing and he will increase the harvest. He'll multiply it and he'll increase it if we can remain faithful. And the word increase, of course it's talking about increase, it's talking about multiplication, but, but the definition of, of the word means to make something grow or to bring to maturity. So when it says he's going to increase our harvest, he's going to bring it about at the right time, at the right season, at the right at the right moment, if we can keep submitted, if we can keep obedient, if we can keep faithful, if we can keep planted, then he will bring about, the word says, a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness in our lives. And not only that, but it says he will, he will rain down righteousness. He will rain down righteousness. So here, here's the image that, that, I want, that I want to leave you with, that Hosea gives us and that 2 Corinthians gives us, is that when we are faithful in our sowing, that he gives us seed for more sowing. When, when, we're, when we're faithful in our service to him, he blesses it and he multiplies it, and there's a harvest. But the harvest is, is better than what we even sowed for if that makes sense. It's not just all in, in, in our strength and in our power. He takes our efforts and our obedience and our faithfulness and he, and he multiplies it and he increases it and the harvest is exceedingly abundantly better than all you could ask or think or imagine. So, so, so I don't want to preach this like Christianity and your walk with God is like you just get out of it what you put in. It's, 
when we're faithful and obedient, he multiplies it and blesses it, and he, he breaks us and, and multiplies us and expands us and uses us in ways and blesses us in ways and touches us in ways. The harvest isn't just the harvest of righteousness coming up from the ground, but it's raining down from heaven. The, the title of this sermon is A Harvest from Heaven because when God's timing is right, I'm spitting. It's like a sprinkler up here. My goodness. Yeah, anointing oil. I'm right at the end of the message. I'm trying to. It's not just the harvest coming up from the ground in a natural sense. The harvest of righteousness. But Hosea says, if you sow righteousness, then he will rain righteousness upon you. When God, when we are faithful and obedient and we trust him, and when God chooses to, we, we say, open up the floodgates, and when he chooses to rain upon us, and when God blesses us, and when God's hand is on us, and when God heals us, and when God uses us, when God brings the harvest, there's no denying that it's something heavenly, that it's something from heaven. It's, it's a harvest, not just from our work and our toil, but it's, it's a harvest from heaven, if we can be faithful and obedient and steadfast, we know that he's faithful. We know that he will bring the harvest. So don't give up. Don't slack off. Don't get frustrated. Don't, don't grow impatient. But keep going. Keep praying. Keep pursuing. Keep seeking God. Keep plowing because the harvest is worth it. The harvest is worth it. I'm going to close with this if I can get you to come up with me. Everything just sounds more spiritual when you have the keyboard in the background. And if you guys would stand to your feet, I want to leave, I want to leave you with this thought. James said to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be, be patient with him because he's working. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, even in the natural when we don't think it's even going to happen, he's working in us, he's working through us, he's working for us. That's how good he is. So the harvest, the blessing, the reward, whatever word you want to put on it, it's not because we've worked so hard that we've earned it. It's just that he takes what we can do and he blesses it, multiplies it, and gives us something that we didn't even deserve or earn in the first place. So James says, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. The precious fruit, meaning it's, it's valuable. Meaning it's, it's worth it. What God has for you, if you will trust him for his timing, it's worth it. 
And in the moment, you may not feel like it, but at that point, you'll realize that the, the tears were worth it. The plowing was worth it. The struggle was worth it. The endurance was worth it. Being steadfast was worth it. Being planted. When we get impatient and antsy and want something to happen, being planted was worth it because it's, it's precious. The precious fruit of the earth, the precious harvest, it's, it's worth it. And so I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with an encouragement. Your labor is not in vain. Your prayer is not in vain. Our worship is not in vain getting together every Sunday morning. And, and if you come on Wednesday nights, and, and I, sometimes you don't feel like it on Sunday mornings. Sometimes you want to sleep in. It's, it's not in vain. What we do for him and what we give him and what we do on behalf of him, it's not in vain. He sees it, and he's going to bless it, and he's going to multiply it. Jesus when there were 5,000, a crowd of 5,000 people, actually probably more because they were just counting men. When, they were, when Jesus was teaching and there's a, a, an ocean of people and he said he had compassion on them, he wanted to feed them and the disciples could scrounge up five loaves and, and two fish and and he said, give it to me. I'm going to feed him. And they said, this is, I don't think you under, you didn't hear us right. We have five loaves, not 5,000 loaves. How are you going to do this? In the natural, it didn't make sense. In the natural, it couldn't have happened. But Jesus said, give it to me. And so what they surrendered to him, what they, what they placed in his hand, he broke it and he multiplied it. And it supernaturally was enough. It was, it was more than enough. And so maybe you're like, I, what I have isn't enough. What I have to offer, it, it isn't much. It might not be. Probably in God's vastness and in his omniscience and omnipotence, none of what we have to offer is probably that much. And it's not that he, it's not that he, he needs it. It's that when we are faithful to give it to him and surrender it to him and to place it in his hands, he might break it. He might break open you and your life and, and, and your fallow ground. But, but when he breaks it, he blesses it and he multiplies it and he takes it further than it ever could have went in the natural. He's faithful. He's faithful. So don't give up. If you put your life in his hands, if you put your resources, your talents, your, your gifts, your, your service, your, your abilities, if you will give yourself to him, he'll bring the harvest, he'll bring the blessing. I want to pray right now for, for strength and for faith on the people of God. And so if you want to receive that, lift your hands to heaven. Lord, we are believing you for a harvest, a harvest in our lives, a harvest in our church, Lord, a harvest in our families, 
a harvest, Lord, with our lost loved ones, a harvest, Lord, with, with dreams or desires or callings that, that we, we think are dead and gone, Lord. We, we pray that you break open our fallow ground. Lord, we give it to you. We surrender it to you. And Lord, we promise we, 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 we're going to be steadfast. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful in our service to you. And Lord, we're trusting you for a harvest. I pray for strength. I pray for faith. I pray for endurance. I pray, Lord, for faithfulness. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that are marked by faithfulness because we have been touched by your faithfulness and we have been saved by your faithfulness and we have been delivered because of you. We believe you for a harvest. We believe you for the blessing. We believe you for the reward. Give us strength to endure. Give us strength to praise you when we don't see it. So, Lord, I pray for a gift of faith. A gift of faith that not only testifies to it, but that is that is steadfast for it. I pray for a gift of faith, Lord, on this church, on your people. I pray you touch your people.